The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. And we're kickstart the weekend with five time Olympian and all round legend Rob Heffern. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, Anton. How are you? I am very good. I, I'm not uh, telling tales out of school. Can I uh, quote the, the or tell the story of the first time I ever met you? Go on, try right. So, the first time I ever met you, we were, we were both happened to be doing a thing in Waterford. Yeah. And you arrived early and I arrived early. And you said, uh, I'm a wee bit early, so I might go for a walk. And I said, Grand, I'll see you when you get back. And you came back and said something to the order of, it was only a short one, I only did 15k. Because I think most of the way to Wexford at the time. I assume, are, have you given all that up now that you're a retired athlete? Or are you still, ju- looking at you, I assume you're still running the I, legs I, off no, yourself? No, I, I, I tried to run like, um, I tried to do at least, 10k five days a week just so I can drink wine and eat eat nice food. 10k so, five yeah, so days just, a week. So just as for my own sanity. But not to be competitive, but in coaching, no, Anton, in coaching guys and I've kind of set up a performance hub in Cork and I have, like, I have a Swedish guy who I coach who's world champion. He won two world medals this year at the World Championships, a European medal. I had a South Africa guy, a Norwegian guy coming here and a British guy. So I had five fellas at the Olympics two years All ago. All walkers. <laughs> All walkers and I coach a, a couple of runners then as well. So, um, it's good to kind of give back because I think when you come out the other side, it's about recognising the talent and helping the next generation. When you're coaching somebody like that, do you find yourself thinking, I'm going to strap on the runners and show you how to do it? No, no. Not no, a bit? No, no, not one bit, no. Because I know I know what it takes. Like the life, you, you've an unknown obsession when you're doing it and it's, it's, it's unknown to yourself. Like that training in the morning, your food, training, physio, lunch, sleep, train, it's all you're doing. Like you miss funerals, weddings. Like I built a log cabin out my back in Douglas and put an altitude tent in there. Like I would do absolutely everything <laughs> to to win. And no, 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 I, no, 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 hang on a minute. You built a log cabin and put an altitude tent yeah. in there. How does an altitude tent work? So I put a mattress in there and I put the altitude tent in there. But and what's an altitude it's, tent? So it's like as if you're sleeping at the mountains then. So I could sleep at 3,000 metres in Cork. So it just made Cork had everything then. Like you know, we didn't need to go, we didn't need to go to South Africa or, or <laughs> up to Sierra Nevada and Spain. Sure, I had it. I had it out my back, and um, but it was great. Like it sounds very intense. But then I could turn like Cahill when he was a small. He was staying. He used to stay in the altitude tent with me, and should we be watching box sets? And I used to just leave it to train, and I could go in then and see Marion and the kids. Like you know. For oh, well, like what you, of an evening would you be saying well listen good, good night now Mary and I'm away to the altitude tent I'll see oh, you in the in morning oh in stints so like in different phases of the year so that's but I, I have that one with the athletes now who come to Cork imagine like I had to travel everywhere like I had to travel to Poland I had to travel to Spain and the fact that there's guys now and we were kind of oh, the Irish travelling away we, there was no there was no kind of respect there you know because we were so disorganised so the fact that I have a, a, a British world junior coming to live in Cork to compete for Ireland is like taking something back, you know, and 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 then the Swedish guys. So it's brilliant that these athletes could come to Cork now and get everything that they need here. So I'm mean, very proud of that as well. Meanwhile, as if it wasn't already tough enough for those of us who do it for a living to get a gig in radio, you're soaking up jobs. <laughs> I am. We're working with Red FM and um, I love it. I love it. I, do I, you? I love it, Anton. I, I, it, was the, it was the toughest thing. Like people, I was chatting to Laura O'Mani about this the other day and about performance. Like sports people get so much kudos for performance and like after moving in say doing Dancing with the Stars and doing the radio and even seeing Laura's gig in the Everyman last week that performance level and the preparation level going into that there's a massive crossover and like I remember when Dermot O'Leary met me initially 
I felt like Father Ted when he kind of alluded to me getting the job. I was like, you know, when he was in the... And I could remember my legs crossing and my arms crossing. I was like, he hardly means me. And I, I, I was trying to stay cool and I ran home. <laughs> and I told Marion and she was like, Rob, I think you'd be brilliant. But the first few months, really, really, really tough. You know, it's... it's um, Because like, you're starting you know, at what? You're on air at 6 a.m.? I'm on at 6, so oh. I get up, get up at 5 and, you know, just brush the teeth trying to be the deodorant aftershave because I have to work closely with two women and <laughs> and I leg it in and and it's brilliant because you have no option in your day like like Laura's very like going, we're not left to say we're tired you have to come in in good form so it takes all the options so you have to wake up in good form so it's, it's really good There's also a nice thing about you never have that thing of oh I have to get this report written by next Friday you know by nine o'clock I'm done. You're done. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I may, may bad, good, however it went, it's over and I get another shot again tomorrow. Yeah, There's something yeah, yeah. nice about that. It's tough. To, like you're living in, like you can't rest in your laurels in because you're looking for new content and for the next day and you have to be on again. And it's it's actually it's very competitive as well. Like, you know, you're you're always on. But it's it's very enjoyable though. And I, the, the girls have been brilliant and it's a really good atmosphere to work in. And it's very enjoyable. Imagine waking up in the morning like I used to get suspended for chatting in school and knowing <laughs> and getting paid for talking on the radio. Do you know what I mean? It's like the irony of it. Like, <laughs> did you actually get suspended? Oh yeah, I was did always, you? but not for being like I wasn't. Like I was always mad into sport, but I was always, you know, I'd, I'd have been giddy. Like, and you know, you get suspended in Cree Street if you were thrown outside the door ten times. Like, so the amount of times I spent in bathrooms hiding in Clash de Cree Street, but why, not, not yeah, why, were you, why were you hiding in the bathroom? Because if you were caught. At the tenth time, you were suspended, Anton. Like, if you go home and tell your mum and dad, like, you were, I'd be getting killed, like, you know. But uh, yeah, so it's all good. It's all good. I'm enjoying life. My my claim to fame, I got, uh, I I was briefly, I was a prefect for all of, I think, two and a half months in the school. But I, you know, in like American cop shows, I got busted <laughs> down. They took my badge and gun. They ultimately fecked me out. But before they did that, they took the badge and gun. And I met my headmaster literally 20 years later. Right. And he said, I've been thinking about it. I think I was too harsh on you. Consider yourself really? reinstated. Oh my God. And I've done the opposite. I've gone back to, to school. Like I've gone back, I do financial literacy talks in schools Bank of Ireland and I've gone back to my secondary school and I've apologised to teachers <laughs> for saying I was a complete terror. <laughs> so we're like good cop, bad cop here. So if you're up as, a, as an average day during the week at five o'clock in the morning, you're doing the radio gig, you're doing the um, performance coaching with the Swedish guys and with the uh, UK junior and all the rest of it. Does that mean the weekends you can put your feet up? What's an average weekend in the Heffernan household? It's not like normally, you know, I got off the hook this morning. Regan has gymnastics at nine o'clock so I drop Regan to gymnastics at nine I go straight for a run in Tremor Valley Park um, you know the lap is named after me there just throw that in. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I always want to ask Mary McAleese what's it like having a bridge named imagine saying, that's the me bridge so you go out for a run on the me I do on the me so I go there and then Tara has a camogie at 10 so I go straight over to the Rockies um, we come back then and we collect Regan we might go for a bit of lunch the girls could have a, a, a soccer match during the day and then on Sunday they have like they have football in the morning. They have camogie on Friday night. They have soccer games on Sunday. So it's all about the family at the weekend. But, um, but I love it. I love it. I, I, I enjoy it. You Is know? it not very unfair to your kids, your athletic record, given like the pressure it must be There's to no, have you? Ah. Uh, no. They, no well, like, what are their chances of being able to live up to their father's well, record? Kyle's an AC Milan, so he thinks he's better than me anyway already. Like, you know, my <laughs> small one, Megan, is playing soccer with Cork City. And... And my two small, like Regan is completely her own woman. Like, like she's on a pre-squad for 
the Irish gymnastics team for next year and she's only eight and Tara's really good as well but they're their own women they've their own mind and it's nothing sure they only think no that I'm I'm you know their dad who's beginning to get pudgy like in <laughs> so yeah there's there's no pressure there but uh, but I, I'd be very kind of in the case like if you in, in, introduce them to an environment and if they get better the level is only the level is a bonus the fact if you're improving and getting better at something that's the real enjoyment and like otherwise nobody would do anything and you're able to switch off that bit of you that wants to, to push and go for excellence you're able not to to shove them beyond the enjoyment. No, you you'd manipulate scenarios like like you'd still with anything you you're always trying. It doesn't matter if it's it's if it's the radio, if it's athletics, if if it's TV. You're always looking at areas where you can improve. So I think making them aware of that, but also kind of reinforcing like where you're after getting better, and and giving them that pathway. But no, it's um, I I'd never force it on them because. Like even I went over watch Cahill play in Italy two weeks ago, and I said the biggest thing for me, I said. You're you're more mature now. Your football's better, and I said it doesn't matter if you're back down playing Ring Mahan Rangers, Real Madrid, Man United, Cork City. The fact that you're getting better and you're enjoying it, that's that's what's most important because the rest of it looks, you know, on the outside it's like, oh, this is great, but no, you have to have that appetite to get better all the time. Like if you give me a million euros to go back doing athletics, no, and I wouldn't do it because I don't have that mad desire in my heart to do it anymore, you know. So if that goes when you're 17, 18, 19, you don't have a hope. You know, so that you can't, you can't really push it on someone. You can bring a horse I've to the water. I've always wondered about that because I look at sports where the the physical capacity isn't the be all and end all. So if you look at something like Michael Schumacher when he made his comeback to F one and he was never as good as he had been the first one, I always wonder is it just that at a certain point that sheer obsessional dedication to it, it's just not in you anymore because the rest of life begins to take over. A hundred percent. And I, I, for me, it was the last race in London in twenty seventeen. I was kind of like after the Olympics, he was. I says I'll drag it on another year because the Olympics in London were brilliant and maybe this will replicate it and I was on the court and I felt like an imposter I was like no this is doing nothing for me um, and but because I had all of the work done I still grinded out a good position and waved at the people at the end and felt like a fraud because no, it was just no I, I was done with it and it was gassed then when I went back and did dancing with, well, I did dancing with the stars then and the, I was like, I was so bad at the start. Poor Emily was looking at me going, what am I after being handed? But then after 10 weeks, I was like going, I had so much enjoyment after getting better at something. I thought I was going to win the show. And, and I was like, if I can apply that work ethic to anything that I do, there's going to be loads enjoy, of enjoyment in life and you don't have to win an Olympic medal once you're getting better at something, you know. It's interesting to uh, hear you say the thing about being able to grind it out even if your heart is in it. I remember watching um, Dave Chappelle talking about um, <laughs> stand-up comedy. Yeah, and he said that there are there's good nights and bad nights, but once you get to his level the audience never knows it's a bad night because you're that polished yeah, at stagecraft absolutely. that you can stitch it together you know it hasn't yeah. been a success but as far as they're concerned there's no failure. Yeah, yeah and there's no feeling in that then and there's no enjoyment in it and you know, then it's time to move. Get out I, I feel I'm standing between um, you, uh, Robin and um, a million people's sport. Uh, where are you due to be now? What's, in, what's I'm going to head um, I'm going to head to the Rockies now for 10 o'clock and then I'm going to go I'm going to go training with Callum Wilkinson who's a walker at 11 and uh, then I'm collecting Laura O'Mahony's dog. She's going away for the weekend. She's my co-presenter in Red FM. You mind the I'm dog for her dog for the weekend? What kind of dog is it, do you know? He's a, sh- uh, a, sh- a schnauzer. He's gorgeous. He's lovely, yeah. So I'm going to bring him jazzing with me today. Oh, the poor dog. <laughs> I'm going to dress oh, him up the poor the dog. He'll be traumatised. You're going to run the legs off him. <laughs> Rob, always a great pleasure to talk to you. That is the one and only Rob Heffernan. Thanks, Anton. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.